0: Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Another addition to my uh, Drunky McDrunkerson collection. Lettuce is a fine topping if you've got like nine things.
2: Don't waste one of your three on lettuce.
0: Both of you probably could use a salad. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. ESPN, Las Vegas.
1: Come on down and hang out at Silver 7's on a Thursday, really any day of the week. But today's a great day. Lots of good sports going on at both of the bars. Happy Hour, 277 on beers and margaritas and well drinks and shots. Also, Thursdays in May at Silver 7's if you're part of A-Play, you can win a TV. They're doing TV giveaways on Thursday evenings. And, of course, old school Vegas very much in play, the Sterling Spoon Cafe offering the 777 Jumbo Shrimp Cocktail. So get on down here. Silver 7s has everything you want, including Cofield and Company on a Thursday.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five.
1: I hope I didn't ruin the pitch by mentioning all those cool things about Silver 7s and that I threw us in. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What are uh, the worst part. Right. Silver I might have Sevens. just turned everyone, turned everyone off. Man, it's it's rough being super rich. It is, man. First, it was uh, Jeff Bezos, although he kind of did it to himself uh, as he went out with uh, Lauren Sanchez and wound up getting divorced and uh, giving his ex-wife like one hundred and thirty billion dollars. So Mackenzie, yeah, he's probably probably pretty happy. Um, Apparently, Bill Gates is uh, in Splitsville. Pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, after, you know, after he put chips
1: in all of us, and well, she made it. You, you did see uh, recently. She made a smart aleck remark about the chips. Maybe that was the end of the road. Could have been. She's like, all right, you're not helping. Not enough of this. You're ruining my grand plan. So I'm tracking everyone in the country.
2: Well, I mean, I was about. To, I almost thought myself, but well, what I'll just say it.
1: If you're that rich, why would you be married? I assume they've been together a long time, like, yeah. before he made his fortune. I don't know. I will read up on this, but I don't really know her, their background.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's good. Go enjoy yourself. You don't have that much time left. You're an old man. How old is he? Same doesn't,
1: with her. He doesn't look that old. I think he looks pretty good for whatever his age is.
2: Sure. And so does she. She And she's oh, awesome. Look at you. She's awesome. Is she, that right? Why yeah, is she awesome? I've just heard interviews with her. I thought she's a, she's a very incredible person, a lot of charity work. And okay. Like don't don't worry about hanging out with each other. Like it just it holds you back. Nobody should be in relationships. Anyway. It's nice to have a life partner. Uh, Bill
1: Gates is sixty six, Melinda is fifty six.
2: She's got her best years ahead of
1: her. They did get married in nineteen ninety four, so before all of this stuff really, 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 really blew up.
2: She, they had a nice life together. It's time to move on.
1: Marriage should not be forever anyway. Uh, Leonard Fournette tweeted about Bill Gates. Not just Bill Gates. And I think Bezos, right? Yeah. He said, two richest men on earth couldn't keep their girl happy, but I'm supposed to. And then came the emojis, laughing and crying.
2: Uh, I actually follow uh, several females on social media that were not happy with this tweet. Why? And they're like, this is implying that women only care about money. It's not
1: implying anything. It is. It's actually is sort of implying that... Even money doesn't make the difference in the end. If you don't get along, you don't get along. Sure. Uh, oh, God, the toxic femininity. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been talking all week about Diana Rossini, who sent out a tweet the other day saying that her husband asked her first thing in the morning. Uh, it was 528 the other morning. Hey, what's for dinner? And when the tables were turned and it's you know it's time to make a guy look like a jackass, everyone was fine with that. Did she, did she or did he respond to her tweet? And I say, don't know. Hey, in the time it took you to compose that tweet, could have got started. That's a good point. Wow. Maybe we made breakfast. You came back with some toxic masculinity. Of course. That's what I was actually, for. during the break, I was trying to be productive. I was just telling the SO uh, what to make me. I didn't know. <laughs> no, I was just saying, hey, this is what I'm going to have. I'm almost done home. with work, and I demand no. food is on the table. When I get home, i it's like, this is, this is my plan. So hopefully you're on board. Well, we know your plan. Cheese. There'll be some cheese. So much of it sliced. I up. sliced. I have about eight different kinds of cheese sliced up right now. No, I. I, uh, I felt like I need a salad. I need some roughage. Okay. I gotta. I gotta clear the pipes. Not to get to too much information, but the I Panthers want
0: I do not believe are going to take a quarter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Greeny just popping in. He totally disagree. Randomly with you. mentioning the Packers. Yeah. Um. Can I do this without? Can I subtweet on the air? Sure. I did see guys who. Thought what Fournette said was funny, that, you know, hey, women are hard to, you know, keep happy. And the guy who tweeted it may be the weirdest person I've ever been around when it comes to relationships. I'm not going to say who it is. But at one point, uh, he did give his girlfriend a list, which was border, borderline pornographic.
2: I know who you're talking about. Yes,
1: that, that person was like, yep, I'm with you, brother. Women are tough. Uh,
2: I'm not surprised that he tweeted that. It's, <laughs> it's not true, based on their experience. Yeah, but well, yeah, I mean, well, what I'm saying is,
1: like, yes, it is tough to keep relations going. Guys also have to recognize, like, we're part of the problem.
2: Some guys more so than other guys. In the case of that person, I mean, the requests from the girlfriend were outrageous. No, they were not. She was like, "You should ask me how my day was, and every once in a while, like, ask how I feel." Listen to me. <laughs> And his response was an angry tirade.
1: It was just a list, like I said, of basically a list por-
2: of, it was porn scenes. It was basically a list of sex acts. Right. That, okay, if I'm going to ask about your day, then you're going to do all these things.
1: Number four. Well, I mean, speaking of porn, Tito Ortiz could make it work in the end with Jenna Jameson. And right now, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what's working for him. Did he seriously? He has money. He made Does a lot he? of money. Well, he, he made a lot of money fighting. Did he? He's being accused of unemployment fraud. Um, I'm trying to watch myself here because I, I listen, he is. TMZ, Tito Ortiz is accused of filing BS unemployment claim while still working as mayor pro tem in yeah. Huntington Beach.
2: Yeah. He was a city councilman uh elected mayor pro tem or named whatever however the process is and rails against immigrants and and you know people using the social safety net and uh you know self-reliance and
1: everything else screams about it i'm all for people getting unemployment you pay into the system for years and years and years this is not one of these dopey takes that you know a lot of our uh highest level politicians are like oh just giving giving away money like i paid into the system Right, if you if you legitimately don't have a gig, but if you're Tito Ortiz while he's working is, I mean, what's he's, going on here? Well, first of all, and and not a good person,
2: but also a very very dumb person. <laughs> you see,
1: you seem very hesitant. Are you suggesting that he didn't know that Tito
2: Ortiz is an idiot? Okay. Well, you're tiptoeing. He's on, like, the, the dumbest U- person I've ever interviewed in my life, and I've interviewed him many times. He is an absolute moron.
1: Are you suggesting he didn't know what unemployment meant? No, really? I'm,
2: I'm suggesting that he, because oftentimes the way you can really tell somebody's a moron is because they continuously tell you how smart they are and how, how much smarter they are than everybody else. And you have to hear it over and over again. And then you're like, yeah, you're not smart. And if you were, you wouldn't be telling me how smart you were. And I can almost guarantee you, without knowing the details of this, that he was like, Look, look how much smarter I'm than everybody. I can just start collecting this money and nobody'll ever know. I'm so much smarter than they are. They'll never figure it out. Yeah, guess what, Tito? You're an idiot. You are dumb. And if you if you thought of something, trust me, somebody else thought of it and somebody
1: knew how to find it. Number three. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, last day and a half, I've been talking about Dennis Schroeder and the Lakers situation. This is weird, man. Anthony Davis came out and said, hey, I got the vaccine. We want fans back in the stands. You know, ultimately, you want to win a championship. You got to do what you got to do. Schroeder is in COVID protocol for the second time. So I, I want it. That's what's going on with the Lakers. And, you know, we mentioned tonight you got a Clippers game. Every one of these games is important. That they're a half game out from the play-in tournament. So they got to get the job done here. What's going on in hockey? Are all the teams going to be ready to go? And what's happening with the border? The playoffs are right around the corner. Like I want, where is the NHL right now with its vaccine deal and making sure as many of the players and personnel uh, personnel around the players are ready to go? Well, they're not really talking about it. Yeah. That's kind of an issue. Yeah. Um,
2: we think based on, you know, deductive reasoning in a lot of ways and some of the answers that have been given if you try to read into some of them, we think the vast majority, if not every Golden Knights player, is vaccinated?
1: Well, as Leonard suggested, he believes they were told, hey, here's some incentive do it and we'll lift all of these or many of these restrictions. And then Leonard flipped out and said they lied. Yeah,
2: and they said, well, there was never a promise and he said, okay, I guess I'm just making things up uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion. And yeah. I think the fact that they're being secretive about it i th- because i think part of it is they are trying to weigh privacy like not everybody wants to talk about it not everybody wa- I, I was watching a uh, a news story yesterday um where they were kind of doing you know vaccine hesitancy and things like that and it was amazing how many people they would go up to and ask if they were vaccinated and they would say well that's none of your business that's a private matter it it, it is but it's it's not like i get it on some level um but especially like in this case, like it would be nice if the league would speak about it, or at least rates, or how many players are vaccinated, or whether they're going to make them. Um, so, uh, cut,
1: cut to the chase. Your prediction? Are the season's over next week? Yeah. Are we going to get some sort of announcement on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that there's a whole new format? Or I, I don't know. What is happening? How can you be this close to the playoffs? And we don't know what's going on with the Canadian teams. We don't know what the hell's going on here.
2: To me, that's the biggest question. I mean, obviously there there's some protocol questions and issues that'll be dealt with by the American teams, but is there gonna be like a two week delay? Uh, if one of the Canadian, you know, for one of the Canadian teams to come over and, and play once that division is settled, because we don't have to worry about it in the first two rounds. But for the third round, will there be a two week delay of play or will there be some sort of restriction? I think they're hoping that restrictions are lifted. In terms of travel uh, but that would probably require vaccination i mean it's, it's it's messy and by the way don't think that it's only going to be hockey like we're going to deal with this and you know we can maybe get into the bill story tomorrow but i was just citing a story to you that the you know the bills general manager brandon bean basically said you know what if a play, if we have a player on the roster that's refusing it and there's any announcement made from the league that says Hey, if your players are fully vaccinated, you can all go to the to the facility. You can have a regular offseason and, and train, and there's some holdouts.
1: We'll just cut them. Easier said than done. You sure. know that. of course. Because Josh Allen is there. I don't know if he got the vaccine, but he said he was hesitant a few weeks ago. So, Well, and, and – You can talk tough. The, the, again, I don't, I don't have the answer, but I also – I don't run the NHL. I, we'd like to have some clarity on when the hell the playoffs are starting. Yeah, and I, I also uh,
2: I, I've talked to you about the – uh, the Instagram model for the Bills that speaks for everybody, the wife of Jordan Poyer, the safety. Um, she put out on Twitter, uh, she said, if you if you don't, uh, basically respect the privacy. If you don't, it's going to look uh, more like, la- it's not going to look more like last year. Basically what she was saying uh, is the chemistry that was there with the team, you're going to ruin it by making players get vaccinated or telling them to get vaccinated. So we're going to deal with this in the NFL. We're going to deal with it in hockey. We're dealing with hockey right now because we don't know the answers, and it's two weeks away.
0: Number two.
1: All right, so fill us in on the initial action by Tom Wilson and the league not really penalizing him. Then the Rangers are all pissed off. They meet up last night, and they're like, you know what? Let's just settle this like uh, anchorman, (laughs) right? Who's got the trident? Who's got the swingy ball, whatever that thing's called? Let's just fight. This escalated quickly? Yes. Uh, what the hell happened yeah
2: so monday's game there was an incident tom wilson i don't i think if his name wasn't tom wilson it wouldn't have been looked at the same way but tom wilson is the most hated man in the nhl for the most part ryan reeves is up there with a lot of other teams but tom wilson is despised he's had repeated incidents some fair some unfair and i think some of the incidents have been just similar like it's his name it's it's tom wilson and you freak out because it's tom wilson uh, but in, in this case, uh, you know, a couple guys jumped on his back, including Panarin. They were like hanging on him. He swings them off and then just beats the living hell out of some guys on the ground. Right. Uh, there's some injuries that are, you know, players are going to be out for a while uh, because he was vicious. Uh, I would say he was fighting back, but I'm sure other people would say, hey, it's Tom Wilson. He was going to do this anyway, and he's just out of control either way. The Rangers essentially demanded a penalty from the league and the league looked at it and said, no, no, no. $5,000 fine. Yeah. there's And really there's nothing here. No suspension. This is, this is not as bad as you guys are saying it is. And the Rangers were f- infuriated about that. We saw the, the team statement, the official team statement putting out basically saying how it's, in, you know, they were stunned and appalled that there was no suspension on the, Official team site, right? Which is very, which, very. By the way, really it good. sounds
1: more and more like that was Dolan's work and sure. not the work of other people in the organization. By the sure. way, two of them fired now, and then so the league finds Tom Wilson five grand. Then they come back and find the Rangers two hundred fifty grand for the statement. Yes, for the statement. Uh,
2: also, uh, a side note that the Caps Twitter account put out a pretty insensitive tweet about like the viciousness of Tom Wilson, and the Rangers are like, "Come on." These guys are hurt. What are you doing? So they had to delete that tweet. Oh, boy. So it just got kind of ugly between the teams. And for, you know, 48 hours, it simmered. And the schedule you have this year, you have a lot of back-to-backs with playing the same team. So 48 hours later, they take the ice again. And puck drops and fist fly. (laughs) Like, before any action happens in the game, it's just an all-out brawl, which was fun. I I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was fun to watch.
1: Why don't we do what's right? Why don't we just set up Panarin with the flail and let he and Wilson go one on one. By the way, the flail, the swingy ball. I had to look at That's that what up. it's called? That's the, the, the ball and the so stick. Wait, Wilson with the gets no No weapon. Panarin gets a flail.
2: Why? You want to fight? Because people want a piece of his hide. Yeah, you want to fight, fight. Well,
1: it's a handicap match. <laughs> that Things seems like work. a
2: pretty severe handicap.
1: Is it? Especially on ice. If I put this to a poll, I'm sure hockey fans would say we're 95% in. People hate Tom Wilson. Sure, hockey fans would. What about neutral observers? Ari raising his hand. You're not really a hockey fan, (laughs) but I know you hate Tom Wilson. Top story.
0: Number one.
1: The flail. Well, that was massive last night, Adam. It wasn't the best night on Monday for Robin Leonard, and Fleury came in and and cleaned up the mess. He also set a new mark in terms of uh, all-time wins. It was a good night, really good night. And most important, you take out a team that you've had almost no success against this year in the wild, and you get – just enough of a cushion to feel a little bit safer in terms of getting the West number one seed or winning the division.
2: Yeah, I think all, all those things are true. I, I would think the uh, flurry moving to third all by himself on the victories list, probably the biggest storyline coming out of yesterday uh, because of what that means. He's now got 490 career victories passing Roberto Luongo, uh, four third on that list. A uh, very cool moment for him, for the franchise, for everyone and You know, a lot of people might have thought this wouldn't have happened with the Golden Knights because they thought the Knights might have moved on, but Flurry stuck around and has been unbelievably good this year. Uh, Very consistent. Had a little bit of dip in the middle of the year, but uh, he's been very good. Uh, So Flurry gets his win. Uh, The team gets to celebrate that, and as you said, putting that cushion between them and Colorado. A couple games in between, but Colorado comes in Monday. They do have a game in hand, but only four points back. One game left on the season, and then into the playoffs and. Almost everyone expects a second-round matchup between these two teams, but you got to get there first, and the Knights would be very well served uh, to get home ice advantage to make that happen.
0: It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000 where
1: Adam Schefter said basically that Aaron Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay. Walk me through that. You know, Dan, the funny part about it is that I've heard people say, oh, Aaron Rodgers wanted that out before the draft. And I can assure you Aaron Rodgers did not want that out before the draft. I've had people say the Green Bay Packers planted that. It was a very pro-Packer story. I can assure you the Green Bay Packers didn't plant that. When people guess at where stories come from, more often than not, they're usually wrong.
0: Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Your reaction to Schefter? Well, the Packers didn't want it out.
1: Right. Well, I mean, just in general, Schefter's like, when people start guessing where stories come from in terms of sources, be careful. Oh, sure.
2: I mean, we, we've talked about this with, with Raider stories before, night stories, and. Different stories in the market where people are like, "Oh, this is clearly from here." Sometimes you you know, sometimes you can guess, and it's pretty obvious. Um, in this case, it, it was it was weird timing, and it was timing that absolutely absolutely wouldn't be from the Packers side. So either somebody just happened to coincidentally find it out around the draft, or Aaron Rodgers did want it out around the draft, <laughs> or somebody around
1: Aaron Rodgers. Schefter would be wise to protect his sources and how he got it. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> you, you want more stories down the road. That's hey, why Schefter and, and Glazer get a lot of these stories, and Glazer was all over it as well. Back to the Knights for a second here, and then we're going to talk to Mark McMillan, our football insider, play with the Eagles and the, the Chiefs and other teams around the National Football League. We'll talk draft with them or draft recap. Uh, the other thing that's going on with the Knights down the stretch here is, Adam, they've got to find a way to stay safe. It's rough out there right now. Kind of physical, kind of bloody, kind of nasty last night, and a lot of it's why well, you know why is this happening? Why are teams coming at the knights? Ryan Reeves isn't around, uh, according to some of the players on the knights. That you know, it
2: seems like other teams are uh, taking liberties now that they might not have taken in the past. No, not you know knowing that Ryan Reeves is going to jump over those boards and come after him, much like we talked about. You know, Tom Wilson and and teams are you know angry at him or they think that he is out of control sometimes going after him. Uh, Ryan Reeves is a little bit different, but it is clear that teams are not as willing to take shots to push you against, you know, to run you up against the boards to try to hurt you. Um, knowing that you're gonna have to deal with the consequences of Ryan Reeves and him not being there, several players have said, yeah, it's noticeable that teams are much more likely to go after us without him there to, you know, come over the boards and make him answer for it. And yeah, like I, I I still have heard a lot of people say they don't want Reeves around and they're, they're, you know, oh, it's been better without Reeves there. First of all, it hasn't. But second of all, like, listen to the players. They know. Uh, this is something that they've been noticing and that they want to talk about, and it is very clear teams are much more willing to take a run at somebody when they don't have to answer the
0: bell. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Today's conversation with Mark McMillan is presented by Weed Sellers. Hit WeedSellers.com for the best in wine, bourbon, and beer. Draft results are
1: in. Time to check in with our NFL insider, good buddy, brought to you by our friends at Weed Sellers. Mark McMillan's on the road in Arizona. I know you were playing golf down there. Where were you playing? It was uh, some sort of uh, charity invitational. What was it?
3: Yeah, it was a great uh, charity golf tournament ran by Jerry Colangelo uh, for prostate cancer. Um, you know, after sharing his story, you know, a lot of people didn't know, and I didn't know that he had prostate cancer, but you know, got detected early and was able to uh, get cured, and and now he's healthy and doing well. So there's a lot of people out there that. I would urge them to go get your prostate checked.
1: Mark McMillan's with us. Did you talk more football or more cooking?
3: Um, I think i talked both. It's, it's amazing how a lot of people are coming up. I'm no longer Mighty Mouse or, 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 or the short guy or, you know, Little Mac. It's Grillin' McMillan. And, you know, Jameer Miller, you know, uh, was a great player in the National Football League as well. I can't say the amount that he put in my pocket, but he ordered a lot of meat. Oh, a really? couple of hundred dollars of meat from Grilla McMillan, right on the spot. Like it was more than four hundred dollars. I would nice. say that. Nice on the spot. Like I, I heard about your meat. I need some meat. I need the grill. I got a new freezer. I was like, "Yo, you got it? What you got?" He said, "Man, And he whipped out a big knot." So obviously, he still got a lot of that signing bonus that he signed with yeah. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He got the freezer.
1: He's ready to go for the summer. Uh, let's let's talk a little NFL. I saw you getting a little froggy. Uh, A little truculent, as I like to say, over Alex (laughs) Leatherwood. A lot of the Raiders fans, a lot of the media was saying, hey, Leatherwood should have gone a little later. Raiders should have traded back. They shouldn't have taken him at 17.
3: Yeah, it's it's amazing how the Raider fans who haven't been uh, in any draft room, the Raiders haven't been really relevant, if we want to be honest, for a long time. And it seems like no matter who they draft, the fans are never happy with who they draft. I'm like, who do you want these guys to draft? You know, those are the best picks that's available. Uh, we know the, uh, you know, it starts up front, the offensive line. The Raiders always have trouble up front. You know, the guys that they had last year, they were in and out of the lineup. There was COVID. There was injuries. And then you go out and get the guy who won the Outland Trophy. So that means he's pre- he's a pretty dang good football player. And, you know, he's won a couple of national championships. And I'm not just speaking because the guy played at Alabama, but you want to get the best player available to protect your running back, Uh, you know, to protect your quarterback as well and give those guys an opportunity to make plays downfield.
0: Well,
1: I guess the debate is, uh, Leatherwood truly a right tackle or is he a right guard? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a a great guard if he turns out to be, you know, freaking Gabe Jackson too or incognito, that's cool. But then there's debate, hey, is that the number 17 pick in the draft? So I think that's to be seen. Is he a right tackle or a right guard?
3: Yeah, and those guys are hard to find. You know, whether it's a right tackle or a good guard. Um, you know, with the the way the league is now, everything is, you know, quick passing game, uh, you know, quick hits in the running game. And, you know, he's been in that offense. Uh, he's been under uh, Lane Kiffin. He's under, uh, you know, Sarkeesian. So he's been in that kind of style of offense that, that grew and run. So it won't be a big adjustment for that young man. But you just got to get a guy that, that can protect the quarterback and a guy that's going to you know, have some dog and bring that kind of mentality uh, to the Raiders. And, and they need that.
1: Mark, we slice and dice these drafts and talk about value and if there were reaches. And the one thing that we often overlook is the actual player and that moment that they find out, especially in the case of Leatherwood, that, hey, you're going to get generational money. This is a, a crowning achievement after a lot of hard work, you know, up through the high school ranks into college. What was it like for you back in 1992? You weren't a first-round pick. I don't know where you expected to go, but you were drafted. What was it like? Um, maybe not as much pomp and circumstance, huh?
3: Um, I was, I always remember that number. I was number 272, you know, okay. back then, uh, I was in the 10th round. Yeah. So you know,
1: just
3: 10th <laughs> round. Yeah. That was like, I was like ancient dinosaurs, but I wouldn't even been on the practice squad, uh, you know, today. So, you know, just going through that process, I knew at some point that I was going to get drafted. I didn't know where, I didn't know who, um, obviously, you know, they break it down from your head to your, to your toes about different measurables, and it's almost like they forget about you playing the game on Saturdays and, and the plays that you made. Everything is based around uh, the senior bowls and, you know, your pro days. It's like, did you not watch, you know, the guy's film? You know, you look at Justin Fields, you know, all the kid did was win ball games. And, you know, to see him drop uh, like that uh, behind some, you know, some other players, it's like, Wow.
1: It's of so Mark McMillan. Our football insider, he played for the Eagles and Chiefs and several other teams around the National Football League. A triumphant story as uh, you know, a smaller guy who overcame. You get to work with a lot of the young cornerback, defensive back prospects, and there were some guys who went in the top ten, and then you saw throughout the draft. Uh, cornerbacks yeah. are in big need. I think there were 35 plus cornerbacks taken. One of the defensive backs taken was Elijah Molden. We talked to him a couple of weeks ago. You worked yeah. with Elijah basically from, you know, a very young age. So how cool was that for you? Did you get a chance to talk to him? He went number 100 in the draft of the Tennessee Titans.
3: Yeah, I was excited for him, man. You know, I've, you know, you see the interview. If people didn't hear the interview, please go listen to that interview. Uh, he's a great young man, great character. He's excited um, his dad is excited. You know, we were going back and forth, you know, when the rounds kept going by, and you know, I can't say what we were texting back and forth, but it was you know it was a poop emoji, a lot of poop emojis, you know, just seeing a lot of these cornerbacks go in front of him. and you know, all he was his first team all pack twelve the last two years, and he brings so much to the game. So Tennessee, I, I believe that they got a really good smart player, um a player that they're not gonna have to worry about off the field. so, I was, uh, I was like a proud dad, man. I was texting him. I was texting his dad. I'm sitting there tweeting photos. I'm going back to my old R guys when I had him as a youth, like, you know, when I had hair too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think the Raiders made a mistake in not taking Molden? They wound up taking a bunch of safeties and defensive backs. Fifth round was Nate Hobbs, a cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diablo, a monster size safety at 6'3", 230. He went 20 mm-hmm. picks before Molden. Ty, uh, Tyree Gillespie, a Missouri kid, 43 picks after Elijah Molden, did the Raiders miss the boat on, Elijah? I would
3: say they missed the boat. You know, I haven't texted Gruden, you know, since the draft, and I'm not going to tell them that they missed the boat. But, you know, when you can get a player that can play safety and corner and play that rover position, um, you know, those guys are hard to find. I see the Raiders, they did go big, um, but we know the the days of those big safeties, big physical safeties are over. you got to be able to cover, and hopefully these guys can get coached up you know, um, I wish these guys done but the best. We got an opportunity to see these guys uh, play in college now and see how they transfer into the uh, National Football League. But as far as Elijah Molden, man, I don't know how you pass up on that guy, especially in the AFC uh, division where they're throwing the ball 60 times a game.
1: He's with us. Mighty Mac Mark McMillan here. All right, let's get into a couple of thorny issues around the NFL. I know you saw this, that the right tackle for the Broncos, DeJuan James, went down. Now, he's been in and and out of the facility. This time he was out of the facility. If they want, they can void his entire $10 million number. Uh, He tore the Achilles, has an Achilles injury. He's out for the season. I want you to talk about this on a macro level, a big level, an overall level uh, in the NFL. If the Broncos just bail on this dude, does that hurt the Broncos with other players and future free agents?
3: I, absolutely, I think it will hurt. It's like you know, uh, everybody knows the National Football League is stands for not for long, and that's just because you know your play on the field, you gotta you know you gotta do what you have to do. I just don't understand, or I can't even fathom them saying, "Hey, you got hurt outside the facility after the the." 30-something teams opted out of the off-season workout. So where are these guys supposed to work out at? If this guy comes in out of shape and not being able to get his job, he's going to get released. He was working out to try to get himself ready, you know, for the season. So if they don't pay this young man his money, um, he was working, he was doing his job, uh, but that's just the dark side of the National Football League, man. A lot of people just see on Sundays and, you know, see these guys having a great time or the big hits, but – it's a grimy business, man. It's so, I can't really say what I really want to say, but it would be really up if they, you know, didn't get this young man his
1: money. Yep. Mark Millens was, all right. So Mark played in the NFL. So I assume most former NFL players are like, you know what? We have the back of the current day players. And then there's Terry Bradshaw, who just the other oh. day chimed in on Aaron Rodgers, called him weak and said that he wouldn't budge. And that uh, a rodge uh, is making a mistake here. What's your take on what Bradshaw said, and what's your take on what Aaron Rodgers is doing here? Is he's very mad at the Packers, very mad at the GM, and he wants out?
3: Well, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I want out too. You know, Obviously, you drafted a young man, you know, out of Utah State last year, very high for a reason. You're not going to sit this young man for so long, and then the communication broke down, where it was almost like a surprise to Aaron that they took the quarterback. So. I don't see why the GM, you know, they're back. Backpedaling, said, "Hey, you know, we've known about this for a while, and you know, we're we're in talks about things that's going on, and you know, Terry Bradshaw is Terry Bradshaw. Terry's always been like that, and uh, you know, even when I was playing, he criticized a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players. Uh, I think he just launched his new bourbon or something. He's got a TV show, yeah. so, so so his ratings, his ratings is is going through the roof. So you know, he he strategically. Speaking on, you know, making sales as well. So I don't see anything weak about Aaron Rodgers. I know he threw out he only won one Super Bowl, but there's a lot of guys out there that haven't won any Super Bowls. You know, so it, it, you have to be really lucky to, to win Super Bowl. So, you know, Terry, you know, just stay on your ranch, bro. Hang out, you know, feed the little dog and eat ice cream, man, and just enjoy your <laughs> bourbon, man. Don't try to – don't blast the players of today, man. You know, I know yeah. it's, it's – uh, I can see if he was a backup player, but we're talking about the MVP of the league. Yep, you know this guy's one of the best quarterbacks, and he's, got to, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. You know with the numbers he's put up. So what Terry said, man, I, I just don't agree with it at all. So maybe Terry can call Hugh Douglas, man, and get some uh, get that hair replacement surgery done.
1: <laughs> yeah, Hugh's got the full head of hair now. Uh, Mark Spot <laughs> is brought to you by Weed Sellers. It's W E E D Sellers C E L L A R S dot com. Weed Sellers dot uh, Up on Grillin McMillan. I saw some pictures, some food. I know you did something yesterday for Cinco, but what was the uh, best? Ooh. What was the best meal that you made or ate this week? Because you, you were at this big time golf tournament too. So what was the best thing?
3: Uh, yeah, they had some some really good uh, hot chicken uh, by really? Boston Market that was out there that was really tasty. Right. Uh, but I, I will have to go with my tacos I made yesterday. It's like forty tacos, man. And then I made a nice sangria, you know, with lots of fruit a little bit of citrus in there, and I topped it off with a little Sprite. I- I'm telling you, man, I'm just changing the game. And then I have a Zoom Grilling McMillan bourbon experience that I'm doing for 18 clients. So I'm excited about that, too. So I'm going to have two 8-ounce fillets on the grill, baby. Nice. That I'm going to be cooking
1: for my clients. So it's go time. All right, Mark, you're a busy guy. We're going to let you run. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, appreciate it, buddy. Mark McMillan is the Man This Spot is brought to you by Weedsellers.com, the best in bourbon beer and wine, no C B D, no cannabis involved. It's
0: weedsellers.com, C-E-L-L, A-R-S.com, weedsellers.com The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at nine o'clock. It's the Law and Sporter Podcast with Justin Watkins from Battleborne Injury Lawyers. Cofield and Company presents <laughs>
2: Don't
1: touch it. Don't even look at it.
0: Only on ESPN, Las Vegas. Take your hand in there,
1: Dave. Interesting video coming out of uh, South Florida. Floyd Mayweather, hometown hero, Vegas guy. Hometown hero, Floyd Mayweather, back in the fight game. As I said last week, I hope this is for fun. I hope it's for the uh, the fame, you know, get back in the spotlight. Maybe Floyd misses it. I hope he doesn't need money, but you know, why not go out and uh, punch some punk in the face a little bit? Exhibition, make uh, millions of dollars. But I, again, I hope it's not a desperate situation where he's like, "I got to do this." Well, I agree, but
2: I hope it's not for fun. I hope he tries to murder that dude.
1: So today they uh, did a little press conference down in Florida, and Logan Paul's the guy who's going to be fighting in this exhibition, uh, Floyd Mayweather. On June 6th, the Sunday night, we didn't get the fight. Miami did. And, you know, I, I assume their their capacity for the fight is bigger than, you know, we could have. 140%. In, like, three weeks. So, that's why they got the fight. So, Logan Paul is at this presser. You know, there's going to be the, the stare down. Floyd's there. Jake Paul is there. So, they do the stare down. There's no real incident. Um, and you're reminded of just how little Floyd is. Tiny guy. Yeah, Floyd is 5'6", and, you know, 155 pounds. Um, one of the great defensive fighters of all time, good offensive fighter. No one could touch him. So these Paul brothers are, are making waves, you know, YouTube dudes. And, you know, Jake Paul's beat a couple of people. He beat Askren easily, beat former NBA player easily. Good for them, man. They hustled up. They hustled up, and they actually, you know, one of them actually got a fight with Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather, they're going to make millions. But, you know, the trash talking and the and the promotion and the games and all that stuff. It's cool, and, you know, a guy like Ben Askren is going to deal with it. Nate Robinson's going to deal with it. When you're around Floyd and he's got his full complement of bodyguards, which can be anywhere from, like, 6 to 15, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so Jake Paul decided to go nose-to-nose with Floyd. He's not fighting him, but with Floyd. And they're jawing at each other. And then what does Jake Paul do? Snatch his hat. You don't snatches do that. his hat, runs away. Guess how far he got before seven of the fifteen bodyguards were freaking ready to
2: maul him. Well, not very far, and there was a lot of people around too, so it's not like he, it was an open space where he could actually try to run. I mean, not that he would have ran away, but you don't even have an open space, so he just, he gets you know pushed back into the crowd and then attacked. Not attacked, he started
1: it. Uh, they finished it. Just there was no I mean, thought. They didn't, they didn't knock him out. Like you, you can There's video up on TMZ. You can see him. You know, guys are on him. I'm sure he got punched a couple of times. Then he claims afterwards he got punched in the face. Yeah. Okay. Good. And he and he mocked like you know Floyd, one of Floyd's thirty bodyguards. Yes, that's the point. Yeah, you're the one yeah, that and, went and there. The other one is this is not like a vanity play. I mean, it is for Floyd, but like his bodyguards are bodyguards. Yeah. Like they mean business. They're not Virgil. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. It's not Ted DiBiase. <laughs> no. He is the million dollar man, but it ain't Virgil. You're right. They're there for real. these guys are badasses and if you give them an opportunity to crush your skull they're probably going to do it you can play
2: the games that you want to they're there to step in when they're needed and if some doofus from the internet grabs the floyd's hat that's when they're needed like who knows if that's for real or not was he trying to hit him on the head what was he trying to do
1: yeah he, so uh, he's J- out jake paul said one of floyd's 30 bodyguards got a clean shot on me in the eye he goes, uh, Jake Paul says, honestly, I've had three easy fights as a pro, so I've been itching for some real action. You don't want this action, dude. This is not fight, Hollywood. Fight you, one of them YouTube. Yeah, go ahead. Just, let's have a street fight against yeah. one of them.
2: Or, you know, if you if you, if you you really want to impress somebody, fight MMA against a real fighter.
1: I guess at one point, Floyd screamed out, I'll kill you, mother blanker. So that got nasty. When you see... Uh, Jake Paul get pulled out of the scrum by one bigger dude. He's you know he's trying to get back at it. Uh, Floyd uh, no, fo- no, he's not. I know
2: he's making it look like he's trying to get back in it.
1: Floyd followed up and uh, said that he'll fight both of them on the same night. Maybe not, maybe it's not one on two, but he would fight them back to back. I think he should fight him one on
2: two. That would be fun. So I still think Floyd would be a pretty significant favorite.
1: I mean, it's an exhibition. I, I don't see any reason why Floyd would follow the rules and not just freaking try to knock out Logan Paul. Which, oh. which, by the way, we're playing into the promotion because oh, yeah. these, these kids are so annoying that we're buying into it. Um, meanwhile, and I, I don't know how boxing deals with this because I think in a way at least it's getting some attention to, to boxing, and it is Floyd, but in others, like Ruiz fought last week. Against uh, Ariola, right? He looked good. He lost a bunch of weight. He's down to like two fifty. You know, Ruiz is the guy who, who uh, pulled off you know miracle knockout. Maybe not so much a miracle because uh, you know he's a good fighter. He's a good he's you know, he's a good fighter. So he's down in weight, and you know he had a little trouble early, but he took out Chris Ariola. So he's a heavyweight contender. Sure. So that fight went on. Arguably, the most famous active boxer in the world is fighting this weekend. Floyd. I guess Floyd is active in exhibitions. He's not it's not this weekend though. Um, Anthony Joshua? No. Joshua, the guy of course who Ruiz knocked out. No, not Joshua. No, it's it's Canelo. Canelo's fighting, fighting one what of, weekend? This weekend. He's fighting one of the one sixty eight champions in Billy Jill Saunders, who is unbeaten. But we'll see what kind of vibe there is for the fight. It's it's uh, you crazy. can watch it on the zone. Yes. Yeah. In part brought to you by MGM. Oh, sorry. Uh, but right now, it's it's somewhere between Canelo minus 700 and minus 850. And the crazy part is, this, like, this is one of the fights that people are like, oh, I can't wait for Canelo
2: to fight. There's, like, four guys. They're like, well, once he fights one of them, that's a real fight. And then he gets him, and they're like, eh, maybe not. I mean, it's at least a legitimate opponent. Somebody who's, as you said, undefeated, has a name, uh, has some wins over some pretty legit competition. Like, this is a real fight. But I still... I wasn't kidding. When I sent you over a story. It's like, oh, yeah, Canelo's fighting. Th- there's no anticipation. There's The buzz is su- such a – we use that word all
1: the time, but there's nothing.
2: Nothing to indicate there's a big fight this week. I
1: think JVT indicated that he'd buy the Logan Paul Mayweather fight before he'd buy this one, before he'd buy Canelo.
2: As, as millennials do.
1: The Gen and Y. Doesn't boxing have to pay attention to millennials?
2: Sure. Oh, yeah.
1: And gain it's- their interest? Yeah, I would, I
2: would think so, for sure. But they're not there yet, and you, you need a slap boxing contest and a concert to get people to buy a pay-per-view.
1: Nothing's going to happen with Usman, uh, arguably pound-for-pound pound best in, in MMA. Nothing's going to happen with him and Jake Paul, right? They're not going to God, I, I mean, I hope yes, because I would like to see
2: him just maul Jake Paul.
1: Dana White already said it's not going to happen under this umbrella. It's not what we do. I'm still hoping. I'm still holding out hope. I'd like to see it happen.
2: Actually, I'd like to see, like, a like an Anthony Johnson, Jake Paul. Just somebody with tons well, of
1: power. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is 30 pounds lighter than this Logan Paul, so there's a big size differential. I don't think Anthony Johnson, who can – yeah, I mean, his weight is down. He's, uh, he's fighting 205, right? Yeah. I mean, he's way too big for Jake Paul. I would think so, yeah. Jake Paul's like 170, if that – I thought it was more. I thought it was closer, one eighty-five, one ninety. But whatever it is, it's still a big size discrepancy. Guess what? We just spent seven minutes talking about these guys, so they're
2: winning. Yeah, that's what they want. And and as you said, like the more you talk about them, the more the more they are winning, or at least considered to be winning. And that's all they want. Just keep talking
1: about them, hating them, talk trash about them, fine. Talk about the fight coming up because people want to watch it. And for Logan Paul, the Floyd fight is a can't lose situation. If he does anything positive, it looks good. He still makes his money. If he gets knocked out, who cares? It's one of the greatest boxers in you know the history of the sport. Even if he is you know 45 years old,
2: and we'll see what Floyd does. I mean, he pretty clearly carried Conor McGregor for three rounds before he actually started throwing anything. Um, and people at the time were like, "Oh, Conor's right in this." I was like, "Floyd hasn't started yet. It's like he hasn't even heard the bell." And when he finally did, he turned it on and, and easily won that fight. But uh, yeah, some of these guys who. Who have hands Does they don't necessarily have feet to go along
1: with it and it's all important you have to be able to do all of them at the same time floyd's 44 i want to get that right he's not 47 he's not in town though because he was just ready to fight if he, was, call.
2: If he was he would have called or listened
1: he listened we know that yeah. well at least we know one time he was listening because we saw one of the boxing preview series he got out of whatever it was his expensive car and I think you this were yelling is, on Cofield and Company. This
2: is not a show you listen to just once, Steve. If
1: you listen, you're once, a listener. Once you're in, you're in. You're hooked. All right, well, guess what? Things have flipped now. We are we are big Floyd Mayweather supporters. Not that we dislike them, but we are big Floyd supporters in this fight coming up on June 6th. I want to see a show. I want to see this kid get just peppered left and right. Thanks to Silver 7 for having us out here. Also, the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. We're back tonight. Launch Sporter podcast. At Steve Cofield on Twitter, YouTube, 9 o'clock.